Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. When you do that, you can find your seat. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God this Sunday morning. Amen. How many, how many of you, uh, just by show of hands, attended last night's marriage conference? Amen. Y'all were... Yeah, man, that, that was such a huge blessing. What, I mean, what a night, man. What a night. I, I kind of lost my voice, as you can kind of tell. Um, but man, God just spoke. God spoke. And, and I want to I wanna focus, I want to zero in real quick on, on a specific part of the night. When, um, and it wasn't when I, I, you know, gave that awkward answer up here. <laughs> it, it, it's when, uh, it's when, when, when Pastor Maggie... When she gave us this word for for Numa, and uh, and she said something uh, when, when she started speaking, the very first thing that she said was she says, I, "I see, I see growth, right?" And and if you if you recall that that is the word that God has. That's my word. That's my word. Not not just growth in numbers, but growth in spirit, growth in discipleship, growth in in fervor and zeal, right? All types of growth that, that God wants to see. She said growth, and I was like, all right, everything that she says from here on out, I mean, this is, this is going to be God. And, and she just started speaking things that were to the T. And, and she, uh, she called, you know, uh, Pastor, Pastor Danny and I up here, and, and she gave us a word, and she started saying some things, and, and, and she said, by the, by the end of the year, I see expansion, I see, I see uh, multiple services, more than just two services, I see parking lots, I see, it. and, and I turn, and I'm, I'm crying, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and I turn to Pastor Danny, and you know what I tell him? I said, I wrote all of this down. I wrote all of this down. Everything that she was speaking, I had, I had wrote it down uh, at the beginning of this year of things that I desire to, to see for this house, and, and that confirmed it. Amen. And so I'm not, I'm not holding on to this word as of yesterday. I was already carrying the word. That was just a confirmation of it. Amen. Praise God for, for his word. And, and I, I know that whenever... Whenever you receive a word from God, and, and, and that includes, you know, preachers, when we're up here, we're preaching, uh, the spirit of discernment is so, is so important, and, and, and Paul, the Apostle Paul says it tests every spirit, but, but you line it up with the word, and, and when God just confirms something, uh, man, you just know that it is, it is God 100%. So I cannot wait to see what God is going to, to do at Numa Church. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You happy to be here this morning? Amen. I'll tell you what, I can't wait for that Sunday nap if I can get it in with a two-year-old. And, um, but I, I want to ask you turn with me this morning to the book of John, the gospel of John, verse, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 13, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Two verses here we're going to read. And if you have it, you can give me a nice amen. And if you don't have it, I have it up here for you. Amen. John 13, 34 through 35. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Someone say love. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. 
Amen. I want to go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word, my God, that you've spoken over your servant, Father God. I pray, Lord, that I just be your mouthpiece, Father. I pray, Father God, that everything that is spoken about here this morning, my God, is, is, is not anything new, my God. We are, spree- we are preaching out of your word, my God, that it's already been spoken. I pray that, that we understand this perspective here this morning uh, as we are receptive to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, by the way that you love one another. This is going to be our main focal point today and next week as well. Uh, we're going to do a, a two-part uh, you know, mini-series called Love Hurts. How many know that, that that's true? Love Hurts. I told you all that story. I told you all that story. Someone told me that one time when I was a kid. They said, they said Ryan, love hurts. And I didn't understand it. Until I got into my first serious-ish relationship, like in fifth grade. And, uh, and uh, she broke my heart, man. And I was like, man, that, it, was like, it was like a prophetic, you know. It was like, man, those words are so true. Love does hurt, you know. Love hurts. And, and, and so being in February, you know, I know it's kind of a cliche. Like, oh, we're going to talk about love. But, but, but love is such an important thing. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's the greatest commandment given by God in all of scriptures. So, so the Jews, the Jews have this thing they call the Shema. Um, Shema is Hebrew for, for listen. And uh, it's, a, it's a traditional pr- a daily prayer that they recite. Uh, it comes out of Deuteronomy 6, which says, or it begins with, listen, you Israel. And verse 5 says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your strength. All right, the very first command, he says, is love. Jesus says that this is the greatest commandment. And then he says a second is equally important. This is Matthew 22. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then, and then, he, and then he goes even further. And he says, don't just love your neighbor, love your enemies. Whoa, calm down. It's on another level. And, and now before leaving his disciples to go and sit at the right hand of the father, he gives them this one last command. He says, love each other. This is how the world will know that you are my disciples, by the way that you love one another. So, so love is a pretty important thing, amen? But it's also a complicated thing. It's a complicated thing. Like, How do you love through pain? How do you love through, through anger? How do you love through resentment? How do you love through disagreement? How do you love? So I, I, w- I want you to take note that this particular command that Jesus is telling us is, is, is to love the brotherhood. The sisterhood. Jesus, Jesus right here, he's talking about the family of God. This is how the world outside looking in, this is how they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love internally, by the way that you love in here, in house, by the way that you love in the kingdom of God. Not by the, not, not, not by the way that you love those in the world. That's important too. But he's saying, this is how the world is going to know that you are my disciple. Not by the way that you congregate on Sunday mornings. Not by, by knowing all the same Christian songs. Not by what you post on Facebook, but by the way that you love one another. They have to see it. They have to see it. It's like, it's like you know who your real friends are by what they demonstrate. Not by what they say. Right? Talk is cheap, right? It's got to be seen by what they do. So, like, so when, whenever you buy a house and, 
and you post uh, a picture to social and you got your whole family there. You got your dog in front of your, your, your beautiful new house and you got like 130 comments on Facebook. Wow. Awesome. Praise God. God is faithful. God is good. Look at what he did. Praise God. Crying emojis, all these things, all these congratulations, 130 comments, but you don't have 130 people at your house helping you move. Uh, not even if you asked. Uh, no. Let's be real. You got like two or three of your closest friends helping you move, and they're probably complaining about it the whole time. Like, this fool's got me here on a Saturday morning, wasting my Saturday. He's going to pay me in pizza. What a cheapskate. Like, that's friendship. I've paid you several times in pizza, Pastor Danny. <laughs> but that's real friendship. That's, that's a real friendship. I don't, you, you, can, you can complain about it. You're still going to help me move. You're gonna, you better pick up that box. But they're there. It's because true love is seen not by what you say, but by what you demonstrate. So Jesus says, your love will show. Someone say show. show. The world that you are my disciples. Amen. So today and next week. I want to talk about this. And uh, next week is a special service. We have our Friends and Family Sunday. Um, so I want, to in, I want to encourage you to invite, 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 invite. You know, put someone in your mind right now and be like, all right, I'm going to send them a text message after service. Tell them there's going to be free food after, which means you're taking them to lunch. All right, we're not providing the free food. But, but bring them, invite somebody to church. It's going to be a special day. We also has, uh, have baptisms, right? So there's a lot of rejoicing next week. And, and next week... Uh, we're going to do something kind of special, kind of different. I'm going to be co-preaching with my beautiful foxy lady of a wife, Pastor Melissa. And we're going to be talking about loving through pain. So I'm, I'm excited about that. But today I want to talk about the way that we love through disagreement and through division. Because this is very, very common, especially in the churches. Right. Is, is this even possible? Does, does there have to be unity in order to, to, to be love? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to our, to our other text, Acts 15. Acts 15, 36 through 41. Acts 15. Amen. <clears throat> 15, 36 through 30. I'm sorry, 36 through 41. And it says this, it says, after some time, Paul and Barnabas said, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and he wanted to take along John Mark. Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. And their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches there. So this is kind of a, it's kind of a tough, kind of an awkward story to read because it's like you know, we, we think so highly of these men of, of God in the Bible, right? We, we think so highly of Paul. Paul is a writer of the two-thirds of the New Testament, like, like he's, he's, he's this, you know, he's St. Paul, right? But, but we, we forget that, that these men are men. <laughs> they're, they're humans. They're, they're, they're flawed in the same way that we are. They struggle with the same things that we struggle with. And 
Paul, Barnabas, and Mark. Mark is known as the, 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 the writer of the gospel of Mark. So you have Paul. You have, you have two of the people that are authors in the New Testament having, having beef with each other. That's awkward for us. How am I supposed to read, you know, how am I supposed to read Paul's letters and then go to Mark and just feel okay with it, right? But Paul, Barnabas, and Mark... They had, they had been together for some time, and Acts 13 talks about it. It says that, that Mark joined with uh, Barnabas and, and Paul as, a, as an assistant during their time as, as, as missionaries. So he was with them, and, and he was learning from them. You know, maybe he had his own pastoral you know, and, and missionary ambitions, uh, so he decided to spend some time with, with Paul and Barnabas. Now, at some point during their trip, Mark bailed. He, he couldn't hang anymore, right? I, I don't know why. Maybe it was too much for him. Maybe he got bored. You know, we're not told what happened. We just know that he, he left. And, and here, in this story, Paul tells Barnabas, let's go back and let's see how the new believers are doing in the churches that we planted. I love, I love Paul's heart for new believers, amen? I believe it's a love that we've adopted at, at, at Numa, where, where we pour into new believers and we decide to uh, see people grow in their faith. Paul had that. And he planted these churches, and he wished to go back and, and, and see how they were doing. So he tells Barnabas, let's, let's go back and let's, let's go visit. And Barnabas, Barnabas is like, all right, uh, but, but let's, bring, let's bring Mark. And Paul thinks it's a bad idea, right? Because Mark already proved himself not ready last time. And, and Barnabas is a little bit more gracious. Actually, his name, Barnabas, means son of encouragement. So he's, he's, he's extending a lot of grace Towards Mark, he wants, to, he wants to encourage Mark, right? But Paul saw him as a liability. And they couldn't get past this disagreement. I'm not, I'm not bringing Mark, Barnabas. Where's your grace, Paul? Come on, chill out. He deserves a second. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, bringing, I'm not bringing Mark, Barnabas. That's not an answer. I'm not bringing Mark, Barnabas. I have no idea if that's how it went down, but... You know, it, it, it was probably something like that, right? The other was unwilling to compromise. And that unwillingness led to division. That's, that, that's what happens. That's what happens when, when one or two are unwilling to compromise. You can only handle so much tension before you break. And sometimes we let tension build. This, this is a different sermon, but sometimes we let tension build for too long because we want to avoid the confrontation. We want to avoid the, the conflict, but sooner or later it's going to creep up. And if you can't, if you can't agree, the only thing that you're going to agree on is to divide. Maybe it's just better that we just separate ways. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you have that conversation, man, that you've been avoiding. Do it. Stop delaying it. Let, let someone know how you really feel. Just, just put it out there. What, what if we all spoke to each other the way that we do with our siblings? Right? <laughs> right? Like, man, you guys know, me and Alexa go at it. Um, we're, 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 very, we're very much alike, and, and we, you know, we, speak, we speak our mind with each other. And, and, you know, she calls me, sometimes she calls me sensitive, and she, you know, she hurts me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but we, we, go, we go at it, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, we could be as ugly as, as possible to each other, but we're, there's love there, you know? She's, she's going to be my sister at the end of the day. 
I wonder if we could, I wonder if we could adopt that same thing, like in, in the kingdom of, of God, right? And stop being so sensitive. Ooh, all right, let's, let's go. Let's keep going with the sermon. Amen. All right. So one of the hardest parts about the commandment that Jesus gives is that he's telling us to love people, right? And, and, and people are hard to love. They're hard to love. Someone say amen. People are hard to love. Like had Jesus said, love your dogs, right? Some of y'all would be perfect Christians. <laughs> Some of y'all love your dogs more than you love your kids. I don't, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but, 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 but people are hard to love, right? Even those who have the same beliefs as we do. Because people disappoint, people mess up, they, they, they hurt us, right? And so sometimes the easiest thing for us to do is to remove certain people from our everyday lives. Chances are you have friends that you aren't as close to as you were several years ago. Maybe you, maybe you, had, uh, maybe you got married and everything changed. Maybe you had kids and everything changed. It's not necessarily that something happened, it's just that you... You entered a different season in your life. Maybe at, maybe at one point in your life, you know, you, you and your best friend, y'all were on the same path, but, but y'all, y'all, y'all crossed this intersection where one went this way, the other went the other way, and y'all just drifted further and further apart. Or let's just be real. Maybe one time you just had a fight and it was an ugly fight. And y'all said words, and y'all said, you know what, that, that's, that's it. And, and now things aren't the way that they used to be because they can't be anymore because there's always that elephant in the room. And maybe you've, you've forgiven each other, but it's hard to go back to how the relationship used to be. There's so many reasons friendships dissolve and people separate. But I don't know where the belief comes from that, that, we, that just because we separate, we have to be enemies, I don't understand why there's this sense that you have to, you have to pick sides all the time. Look, look, Luke, the author of Acts, he, he doesn't tell us who he thinks is in the wrong. He just, he just presents the facts. He just says there was a disagreement between Paul and, and Barnabas without any further comment on it. Sometimes there's not always going to be a, a wrong and a right. It's just going to be a disagreement. And, and can I tell you, man, you know, in the church... People are going to disagree a lot. I mean, everywhere, but, but in the church, I'm speaking to the church this morning. In the church, you're going to have a lot of people who disagree. Church meetings can be the most cringiest type of meetings ever. You know, if, if you're like in a business meeting, it's like, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, this is how it's going to be done. If you don't like it, you don't have to work here anymore. But, but, but in the church everyone's, you know, you know, everyone's, most people are, are volunteering and, and it's so easy to say, well, pastor, I, God's telling me something different, right? I'm, I'm hearing something different. I, I'm not, I'm not in agreement with that. And everybody tries to be so cordial, right? Because it's ministry, but you can tell there's tension in the room, not at our church. We don't, but people are always going to disagree and there might not be a right or wrong, but people are just going to disagree. And sometimes those disagreements are going to cause separation. Now, the first thing that, 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 that I want to get out of the way is, is I want you to know that this is not a message to justify separation as a result of disagreement. Don't be like, well, my pastor said it's cool, so I'm going to just start ghosting her, right? Don't. Come on, you know. I, I believe that we should do everything that we can to compromise, 
I believe that we should do everything we can to, to listen in the heat of an argument because how many of us don't listen? We enter arguments to speak, not to, to be heard, not to listen. I believe that there should always remain respect in our disagreements. Respect, gentleness and respect. We forget about that fruit of the spirit, gentleness, man. We, we, it's, like, it's like we know them. We, we, we always cite eight of them. And gentleness is not one of them. It's like our spirit just wants to forget about gentleness. Gentleness means that you can speak the truth to someone, but you have to handle it with care. Because you can speak the truth to someone and tell them, and, and tell them in a way that, that, that is not going to be effective to their spirit. Gentleness is, is a fruit of the spirit. I believe that both Paul and Barnabas, you know, honestly, I think they should have worked it out. But sometimes disagreements are too strong and division is inevitable. The text says that, that they had a sharp disagreement. That, that word sharp in the Greek, it, it implies that they were provoked to anger. They were angry. Sometimes division is inevitable. Now, here's what I want you to kind of lean into this morning. What happens after the division is what will testify to your discipleship. What happens after, someone say after. What happens after the division will testify to your discipleship. Because look, sometimes, sometimes division is justifiable. There was too much damage done. We just couldn't agree on how to move forward. Our visions didn't, uh, didn't align. Those are justifiable reasons. What is not justifiable is the way that you speak about the person after the fact. Oh, you, you, I don't know if you're getting this this morning. The, the Bible says, look, the Bible says that Paul chose Silas after, after Barnabas and, and, and he disagreed. He chose Silas to accompany him on his missionary journey and Barnabas took Mark. What would have been real messed up is if Paul started telling Silas, yeah, Barnabas and Mark, yeah, they're not good guys, man. I don't trust them. I don't believe that they have a, a legitimate ministry. I believe that their ministry is going to fail. And then he proceeds to tell Silas all of Barnabas' dirty laundry. You know what Barnabas did in the middle of our missionary journey? You know what, you know what Mark did? Or if, or if Barnabas started telling Mark, yeah, man, man, Paul has a lot to learn still about forgiveness. I still, I still see a lot of Saul there. Right? He's got an anger problem. What would the world think about the disciples of Christ if that's what they saw? What, what are we demonstrating today to the world about how we love each other? I mean, look, for, for the sake of the body of Christ, just do me a favor, man. Don't tell people you're a Christian and then talk negatively about the church to your unchurched friends. Just, just, don't, just don't let them know that you're a Christian. Just don't say it. Because I guarantee you, you talking about the church says more about the church than whatever you're saying. I used to have this barber who anytime I would sit down and get my cut, he would start telling me all the problems of his family, his, his friend, man, he would go off. Like he'd go in detail, stuff that I'm like, I feel uncomfortable hearing this. And he would tell me about, about his baby mama problems. He would, tell me about, he would tell me about his brother. He would speak so ugly about his supposed best friend. It didn't take me long 
to, to stop hearing what he was saying and realizing, man, this dude has no respect for his family. He has none. If, if my wife ever did something just messed up to me, she would never, because she's perfect. But, but if she ever did something that was just so deep and, and, and so, so hurtful, I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm, probably, I'm not going to tell my parents about it. Because, because I, don't want to, I don't want them to see her differently. I don't want the way that you see her to be tarnished. Because I respect her too much. I love her too much. And if I'm spilling all of this dirty laundry to someone who I, even someone I might consider, you know, my friend, what is that saying to my friend? If I do you wrong, you're going to tell everybody about me too? When there's a disagreement, look, we all disagree. It's, it's how you handle it after the fact that demonstrates your love or fails to demonstrate it. That is what we need to, to realize. It's not so much the division problem. It's the way that we handle it afterwards. The way you react after the disagreement, after the division, after the fight is what will testify to your discipleship and your level of maturity. You start telling me all your friends dirty laundry. I'm judging you, man. Just let you, I'm letting you know. I'm like, I can't trust you. I can't, I can't, I can't get real with you. I can't be open with you. Because the moment I mess up, and I will mess up because I'm a human, you're going to crucify me in public. Churches are, uh, churches are different, right? I don't know how many of you have been to different churches. I've been to this church all my life, you know. But I know that churches are different. You know, we're divided by certain things. We're divided by doctrine, by the way that we interpret, you know, certain aspects of Scripture, by, by culture, by what we prefer in church, you know, the, the church is probably the most divided institution that exists in all the world. It really is. But that doesn't mean that we can't love each other. Even though I might not agree with everything that the Baptists believe, I, I want to see their churches full. I didn't hear enough of amens on that one. <laughs> I want the Lutherans and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Charismatics as well as Pentecostal churches like us to thrive. As long as we're all teaching an uncompromised gospel, as long as we're teaching truth, I don't really care if you think drums don't belong in the church. I don't really care if you think every pastor needs to be suited up. I might not attend that church, but I still want you to succeed because I believe that God has a calling for you. And I still love you and I still respect you and I still want to see God do incredible things through your ministry. I'm still going to stand with my fellow pastors when the enemy attacks our churches. I'm still going to pray with you. I'm going to be with you when you need me, even though we might not agree on everything. What unites us is greater than what divides us. You might not be my favorite brother. You're still my brother. And that's okay. We've got to learn, church. We've got to learn to love through the division. Through the division. I, I used to despise division. I hated it. Because I, and I would get up here and I would always, I would, I would preach against division. I hated division. I still hate division. It's not a good thing. But, but I think it's because I've grown up in the church and I've seen people leave because of disagreements. 
I was telling someone yesterday, man, I, 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 was, I was giving them some advice. I said, look, if, if ever you get into a relationship at, at the church that you love and that is feeding you and, and, and you're, you're, you're growing in that church and it, it's, it's, just, it's been a blessing to your life and then that relationship breaks up, don't leave. Because that's, that's happened so many times. How many people have, have they've, uh, it, happened to, it happened to me. Um, little relationships here at the church, break up, family leaves. I've seen that. I've seen people leave because of disagreements, sometimes petty disagreements. I've, I've heard of these massive church splits happening in some churches. I've, I've seen people take sides when we're all on the same team, man. And so, so I used to hate anything related to division But as I've grown in my faith, as I've grown in the word of God, as I've grown in my ministry, I've realized that it's not so much the division that I despise, it's the reaction to it. All the problems that arise from division are not rooted in the disagreement, they're rooted in the lack of love. Because you can divide gracefully. You can divide with a strategy to divide and conquer, but too often, division becomes competition. Pastor, I'm, I'm leaving this church. I don't, there's just some things here. I'm going to start my own church. And secretly you hope all the, all the congregates come to my church and, and your church shuts down. Or it doesn't have to shut down, but if, I, I don't want it to do better than my church. Division becomes competition, which means one party wants the other to fail so that they can win. We see dis, uh, division becoming pride, where because we disagree, we have to put up these walls up. We see becoming resentment. We see becoming anger with an inability to forgive. It's not a division problem. It's a lack of love problem. When people divide, they get so ferocious with one another, man, by the way that they speak, by the way that they treat each other, by, by their duplicitous ways. Pastor Maggie spoke on that, on duplicity last night, where we're two-faced, where we're one person here at church, and, and in front of our, of our, of our frenemies, we pretend to be their friend, but behind their back, we're talking about them. And, and you know what? That ferocity is what the world sees. I'm, I'm not preaching an abstract idea this morning. This is real. I've, I've heard people say, I'm not going to church because the church is ruthless when it comes to each other. Man, when a, when a man of God falls from grace, everybody becomes a commentator on social media as if they've never fallen. I heard, I heard, one, I heard somebody say one time, man, Christians are the only ones that kick other Christians when they're down. When a minister falls, we don't give them the grace to rebuild when a pastor has a moral failure, I don't ever see them be, becoming a pastor again. And I don't think it's because that calling has stopped. I believe in grace. I believe in forgiveness. I believe in repentance. I believe that the church doesn't extend that love to them. How am I going to start a church? Who's going to come? They're going to remember my past. Aren't you the pastor that cheated on your wife 15 years ago? And if you're a new believer and you're here in the church, you're like, dang, this, this is it. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to exhort you. I'm trying to challenge you to love through every division. 
Because that is what the world is going to see. That's what the world is going to see. The world could care less if we have differences. Everybody has differences. But can we love through those differences? What if, what if you are that person here this morning that, that needs to pick up the phone and send that text message to that person you haven't talked to in a while? Hey, I know we have, we've had our differences. I know that we've grown apart. I know, that we don't, I know that things aren't the way that they used to be between us anymore, but I want you to know that I still pray for you. I want you to know that I still love you. I want you to know that I still desire for God to make you succeed and bless you. Maybe they won't reciprocate the sentiment. Maybe they'll reply back with like a K, right? <laughs> or a thank you. So awkward. But, but, but we who seek to be you know, followers of Jesus, we must learn to demonstrate love. This is how they're going to know that you're my disciples, by the way that you love. Is that our testimony? And I think that we don't understand the depth of these words by Jesus. Jesus isn't, he's not talking about friendliness. He's not saying that people are going to know that you're my disciples if you're nice to each other, right? He's saying if you love each other, agape, agape in the Greek text, agape is, is the highest form of love in all the scriptures. There's, there's phileo, which is kind of like a brotherly love, kind of a friendly love. There's, there's uh, eros, which is kind of a romantic type of love or a lust to be more precise. And then there's agape and agape is always attached to God's love for us. And he tells us to love God in that way. Agape. It's an unconditional love. You know what unconditional means? Yeah, you know what it means. It means unconditional, without conditions. It means I, I, I love you, but the, the, the moment you wrong me. I love you, but the moment you betray me. I love you, but, no, that's not unconditional love. To understand the power of agape love. To understand the power of agape love, I want you to look at yourself and know that the God of all creation loves you anyway. You know, you know, you know how you know how when people say that that's a baby only a mama could love. <laughs> you know, you're that baby. You're that baby. I'm that baby. I'm the, because I'm 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 covered with flaws and imperfections and insecurities. I don't come naturally to love. You don't just love me naturally because I'm going to mess up. But, but, but in the agape form of love, God sees past all of that, through all of that. And he loves us anyways. With all your failures, with all your mistakes, with all your disappointments, with all the times you've, you've turned away from God for a, a single moment of self-gratification, with all that filth, God loves you. Agape love penetrates division. It penetrates disagreements. It penetrates pride and pain. If you can't love through that, you don't have love. 1 John 4, 19 through 21, it says, we love because he loved us first. And if anyone says, I love God, listen to this. This is practical stuff. If anyone says, I love God, but he hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. 
And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. If we can't love through disagreements, church, if we can't love through division, then we possess no love. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I'm almost finished. Are you receiving this this morning? The Bible says that, you know, it shows us in later writings of Paul that Paul and Barnabas, they reconciled. Good ending. Um, Mark as well. Towards the end of Paul's life, he tells Timothy, I want you to bring along Mark with you because he's helpful to me. He's useful in my ministry. I don't know how everything went down. I don't know if forgiveness needed to happen. I don't know if someone needed to lay down their pride and apologize. Or maybe from the beginning, they simply had to agree to disagree and there was no hard feelings there. We don't know. What we do know is that they didn't allow division to divide them in love. And through all of this, here's the cool thing. Through all of this, the Holy Spirit was still working. Right? Because Paul and Silas, they, they went on their own missionary journey. And Barnabas and Mark went on their own way. So, so whoever Paul and Silas weren't able to reach, Mark and, and Barnabas could. Where Mark and Barnabas had limitations, Paul and Silas did not. See, see, God turned this into a good thing for his glory. God can do that. Now, we, we miss that fact too often because we're too busy thinking, you know, other people are wrong and, and God is not with them and God is only with me and he's going to bless my journey. He's going to bless my mission. And I don't know what he's doing with theirs, but, but, but what if he's blessing theirs too? What, what if you're not the only one that God is with? What if you're not the only one with an anointing? What if you're not the only one with a calling? And it's like, God, just, just, just be with me. But what, what if he's with your enemy? What if he's with that person that used to be your friend and you don't talk to anymore? What if he's with them as well? Because I guarantee he is. It's not, here's the thing. It's not about your journey. It's not about... Your, it's not about your church. It's not about your calling. It's about the kingdom of God. I believe. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. You have, to, you have to understand this. Because division is inevitable. Separation is inevitable. Disagreement is inevitable. But love has to be inevitable. You have to be able to love through all of that mess. The kingdom of God, I believe, is one with so many roads. So many roads, and maybe, maybe you're not on the same road that I'm on. Maybe I'm not on the same road that, that you're on, but you know what? I'm in the same kingdom. And as long as I am in the same kingdom, I have to love you like the brother to me that you are. I have to love you like the sister that you are. We might not be on the same path, but we have the same mission. We have the same king. And Jesus says... The way that the world is going to know that you are my disciples is by the way that you love, not by the way that you agree on everything. But by the way that you handle the disagreements. By the way that you're, that you're able to forgive those who have wronged you and love them anyway. They might have pierced the depths of your soul with the way that they cut you. But by your love, that's, how the, that's what the world is going to see. The world is ready to tear you down, man. They are, they are, they're looking for an excuse. They are looking for an excuse to blame the God that you serve and say, he's not a real God because if he was a real God, you wouldn't react that way. They're looking for that. Don't give them a reason. 
Love your brother. Love your sister. I'm not I'm not going to have beef with you in heaven. Imagine going to to worship Jesus in Mount Zion in heaven. Come on, everybody's going. All creation is going to Mount Zion. And you, you cross paths with that person who, who did you wrong on earth. You're going to give them a look like, hmm, in heaven? That's what you're going to do? The church is here to bring some semblance of heaven on earth. Squash that beef. Love unconditionally. Because that is how the world will know that you are my disciples. And I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. And I believe that that this next part, it works perfectly into the closing of the message. Because the word of God says that if you think to come to the altar with an offering, think twice. If you have something against your brother, if your brother has something against you, go make that right first. listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.